Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hamburger Generation, Jeel Al Hamburger. On today's episode, our guest is Zandi Sue. Zandi takes us through her very personal story of finding out she was adopted when she was just a teenager and how she came to accept this part of her life as an adult. Through her emotional journey, she has opened our eyes on how the adoption impacted her and everyone around her. It really is a beautiful story. Enjoy. I think the younger ones have it easy. I say that because I'm the baby. And the rules are, it's not intentional, Mm. you know, but the rules are just different. Either you just, you are wiser as a parent because, you know, especially when you're a younger mother, you think everybody's kind of looking to see, you know, when you're going to drop the ball or fail, you know, and then you just like kind of on it. And then the second one comes around, you're like, you're much more relaxed and you're not as, you know, on edge and... Um, so yeah, and you're a little bit older. And you're wiser. a little bit older and wiser. Um, yeah. There's certain things that will st- remain. Do you know what I mean? That is yeah. uh, pretty much a part of you as a, as a person. But uh, yeah, you you ease up, and as they get older, you know. So do you feel like you eased up on uh, your second child? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, for me also, there's six years between them. Oh yeah. So like my first one I had when I was 26. Yeah. So mm. I was like. Oh, like on top of everything yeah. like that <laughs> and then the second one i was like 32 yeah, oh wow so then i was just like oh okay. grow <laughs> yes yeah you know like do you need anything else to survive for <laughs> yeah. the day it's <laughs> like the first one you're sterilizing everything every five yeah. minutes and the second one the bottle was like yeah You'll be fine. <laughs> like, she'll be like banging on the fridge. I'll be like, uh, I think she wants some food. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. Yeah. But, yeah. but I always say to them as they were growing up, um, you know, the rule is you're out at 18. And whoever's out first takes the other one. Don't leave the other one behind. You know? well, say that again. <laughs> you're out at 18. Yeah. And whoever oh. leaves first, which was always going to be the older one, you take the other one with you. Oh. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. So no, it's been it's been really good. Um, yeah. Because you always think like, oh, you know, when I look at my parents, they were just old. Yeah. You know, they yeah. just were old for me. Do you know what I mean? But not really when I think of it now, you know. But I was like, oh, I want to be a cool mom, you know. I yeah. want to be that open, transparent, no subject taboo and... Yeah, I always think of that. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to be the coolest dad ever. Yeah, be playing football. but then you do just find yourself being the rule maker and mm. the disciplinarian and, you know, all of these things. I mean, I've said to the boys, I have no doubt at some point in your life, you will find yourself on the couch of a therapist and I will be, bla- be blamed for everything. Mm. I accept it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's inevitable. It was my mother. <laughs> <laughs> you have to blame someone, right? For sure. She should have never given me low-fat milk. <laughs> <laughs> that two years that I was vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So no. Sorry to interrupt this wonderful Hamburger Generation episode, but I've got an announcement that just couldn't wait. Do you love the Hamburger Generation podcast? Have you listened to every single episode? Do you end every episode wanting more? 
If you answered yes to any of those questions, then please support us on patreon.com slash hamburger generation for exclusive content, memorabilia, and much, much more. Thank you. Yeah. So I thought we would uh, set up the story by starting uh, with how we met or how this came about. Because also I think uh, there's a shout out that's well deserved to someone out there. So we met through Abdullah, oh, yes. who is the founder of True Story Tent, by both of us attending the event. Uh, yes, absolutely. Virtually. A very nice uh, place, n- a nice gathering, you know, a nice platform um, yeah. of people just sharing their experiences, you know, mm. <coughs> whatever that may be, you know, and somewhere along the line, um, you hope to, you know, drop some golden nuggets for someone else to pick up you know and sometimes you won't always resonate with the entire story but there's that one moment where you just have that aha moment and I like that you know because people are so we're so um, layered you know and there's so much more to us than what people see totally uh, that event was amazing. Absolutely. There were so many good stories. Oh, my goodness. And I was taking names of every yeah. single person with a good story. <laughs> I was like, damn it, they live in o- Oman. They, yeah. they live in Oman. <laughs> yeah. And then Zandi turned out to live in Dubai. I was like, all right, yeah. yes, that's a good story. Let's invite her. Yeah. Okay, so you have to like set up that the event was online. Then. Yes. Ah, yes. Oh, yes. yes. We we're in lockdown. We're in Corona world, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So, Zandi, are you going to... Bless us with your story. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, like that. I thought it was going to be a bit more of a bold up and an opening there, but okay. I'll just jump Stop. right in. <laughs> Dig in. Where do I start? Where Don't do leave I out start? the details. Where do I start? Um, so I, Zandi, <laughs> so I was adopted. I think that's where we start it's the story of an adoption mm-hmm. um i was born um on the 23rd of september 1978 in a hospital in johannesburg mm. um and i it would take i think a good cup about 37 years before i actually found out the story and the events that led to me being adopted or given up or left at the hospital. I was 14 when uh, my parents uh, sat my brother and I down. My brother and I both adopted and uh, my brother had turned 21. And in South Africa, my understanding is when you turn 21 that your biological family can now search for you without requesting the permission of either the the government or your, your parents, your adoptive parents. And I think at the advice of a family friend who was a social worker at the time, he advised um, my family actually just sit both my brother and I down and tell us that we are both adopted. Mm -hmm. And it's quite strange because I remember the day. There's not a lot in the, you know, a lot of detail other than the fact um, about how I felt when my, when the words finally just dropped out of my mother's mouth because my father just sat there really quiet, you know. And I later learned that he did not want us to know. 
um, and he felt that if we knew we would look at him differently mm. and so my mom and um, family friend who was a social worker did kind of all the talking and I remember them saying you know um, you guys are adopted and I just remember the sense of relief come over me what? relief relief like, why relief oh <sighs> Because it just felt—it just felt like it made sense. Because I always felt like there was something, you oh. know. I always felt like not that I didn't belong, but I just always felt different and like this. Even though I loved my mom and my dad, you know, I just had this feeling that something wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. just a hundred percent. Like how? Right. I'm so curious. It's so strange know. because when I try and explain to people, I. The, the only way that I can explain is that I just knew, mm. you know, and I couldn't have known. I couldn't have known because I was seven months old, I think, when yeah. I was fostered mm-hmm. and about a year or so when the adoption finally went through. And to this day, neither, neither my mom or my dad's family has ever mentioned the word adopted. So it was never spoken about, you know, that one family, that one crazy aunt or uncle that just, you know, mm. let it slip out. or whatever. Yeah. But I always had the sense, you know, that it was. And I used, to, I, used to, I used to watch movies, like these American movies, and about these adoptions. And I thought, oh, my goodness, if only someone could tell me I'm adopted, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and so at 14, when we had that conversation, it was just a sigh of relief. Like, oh, it makes sense, you know. And Did your brother have the same feeling? No. It was absolutely shocked. Okay. It was absolute shock and just a breakdown in tears, you know. And I cried, but you know, when I when I when I think back of it, I just I I didn't cry for me. I was crying for him. Do you know Mm. what I mean? Because he was like really, um, in shock, you know. And um, yeah, then that was it. I went back. Went back to normal, you know. Went Went back to normal. I didn't feel like I needed anything you know more i didn't have any questions um you know and my mom would check up on me every now and again and go do you have any questions would you like to know and like no fine you i know? guess that's like the that's the benefit of finding out a little bit younger yeah. like your brother was probably in a different headspace yeah um and you know my mom would always kind of check in and whatever and i always feel when i when i look back in in my memory which can't really be trusted 100% of the time but I can always see my father this there was something that changed in him because he felt that something had changed in us you know and the way we looked at him but he could not have been further from the truth I was able to go back to my life as if nothing had changed because I loved my mom and my dad and I had a really you know amazing life and childhood not without you know any drama and trauma and things like that but I was happy Mm. You know, and uh, yeah, life just went back to normal. I think when I got older is when I started kind of feeling a, a, a level of shame about it. Like I wasn't open about it as I am now. You know, I never spoke. I never told my my best friends about it. Um, we lived in a community where everybody was, you know, family and they knew, you know, their mom, their mom and their dad, you know, um, their brothers and their sisters. So it was... I didn't, I didn't ever feel like it was something I wanted to speak about, you know. And, I, and even like now I think about it, why was there, you know, this feeling of shame? 
and I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. But I just reached into like, you know, 16, 17 and all of a sudden I felt the shame that I actually, you know, didn't know, you know, where I actually come from, you know. And I never really expressed this to my mom and my dad because I really just was so happy in my life and with my parents, you know. And then I met my husband at 19 and, you know, we went on to get married at 21. And all the while when I turned 21, my mom's like, you know, would you like to look for your mom? You know, would you like to pursue this? You have my blessing. And I was like, no, you know, I'm not interested. I've always felt that this is what my life was supposed to be and this is where I was supposed to be Mm. you know and I could never shake that Mm. no matter how I was feeling even when I had those quiet moments where I thought about it for five or ten minutes I always came back to this is how it was meant to be you know and so that kind of gave me comfort and I always said to my mom no I'm not ready I'm not ready and um, when I had my first son is when the, that first feeling came that I wanted to know, you know. Mm. And so I contacted the Register of Adoptions and um, it took some time and I received a letter and the letter just devastated me, you know, to, to read. Because I knew nothing. I'd never asked my mom anything. You know, my mom shared what I think she thought she knew about the story, what she was told, um, you know, um, by the home that um, I was living in when I was a baby. And um, so your mom, uh, your uh, your mom did not meet your biological no, mother. No. Okay. Yeah, they thought that was in a, I was in a children's home. Okay. Um, and um, and we don't know the was there the reason as to how you got there or anything? Okay, she's getting there. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. What are you doing? I'm, I'm like, in. I'm in this now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my bad. <laughs> so the first letter, so the, so I got this letter from the Register of Adoption and it was just, you know, you were born on this day, you were named after your biological mother, She, you were left in the hospital, um, they have no details, they don't know where she is, and, and, and that was it. But just reading, when I say left, it's abandoned, mm. you know. Mm. And I was a mom, mm. and I could not imagine having just left my child in the hospital. And I was just, I was so angry so angry that I tore up this letter and I threw it in the bin and I was like that's it I'm done I I'm, don't care to know I'm happy I have my little family I'm gonna be a great mom you know um, the, the cycle stops here and never have to worry about this again and that's what I did and then I had my second son and then we moved to Dubai and all the while I was you know I was going through these changes as you do through life not consciously but just this growing and you know um, the self-development and self-love and all these things and and then I woke up when I was 37 and I decided I wanted to share this part of my life with my sons but I had no information to share with them you know and I was like if they have questions I don't have answers mm-hmm. and then I and then I sat um, with my husband and I said to him I think I'm ready to actually now you know uh-huh. go the full distance 
And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, you know, go for it and whatever. And I picked up the phone and I called my, my biological mom and I said to her, because all through the years she kept touching base with me. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And I'm like, nope, 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 not interested. And I called her and I said to her. So you've had the number this entire time? No, 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 my, not my biological mom, my adoptive mom, sorry. Oh. So okay. I, um, I called my mom and I said, I think I'm ready. And she's like, oh, ready for what? I said, I think I'm ready to find my biological mother or at least the information, you know, um, as much information as I can. And she was like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I said, I will do this on one condition. Mm -hmm. You take this journey with me. And when we find her, you are there when we meet her because she needs to meet the woman that raised her child. You know, yeah. my mom said, Ooh. agreed. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's and we, and I went, um, and then I went back to the register of adoptions. I requested um, documents. It took a couple of months. Um, and then I finally got this email just before Christmas. Um, it was a massive document on my life, you know, before, um, up until the point I was um, adopted. And... Um, I had the details and I just didn't know where to go. And I was on a Facebook page on adopted uh, adoptees and whatever. And I um, remembered one woman was on there saying that she helps people find their biological parents and things like that. I reached out to her on uh, Messenger, Facebook Messenger. So that's her job? Yeah. Okay. Um, filled in the documents, paid a small fee and just like that, just she like found that. her. So she sent you what, like contact information? Yeah, who she was and whatever. And um, I sat on this information and then I um, looked for her on Facebook and I found her Facebook page. was a lot of information because it was private. So I went into Messenger and I drafted. I actually thought about, <laughs> you know, the first message. <laughs> <laughs> what it's got to be. <laughs> Uh, hey. And then, yeah, you know, say the right words, do the right thing. And I just thought, no, you know, this is my journey. This is my story. This is my life, you know, and I'm going to reach out the only way I know how as, you know, as, as me. And um, I drafted the message. And I will tell you, my husband is like the chilled, diplomatic one between the two of us. And I'm just like straight to the, you mm, know. Straightforward. Go mm. for it. And I remember messaging and I'm like, right, hi, you know, my name is Zandi. Um, You've uh, been listed on my birth certificate. I do not want to in any way disrupt your life. Neither do I want to disrupt my life. I'm married and I have children. And all I want to know is, is there any medical conditions that I should be aware of? Whoa, <laughs> that is a good message. What? That's not what I expected at all. That's like harsh. Isn't it yeah. strong? You know what, what I realized when I, when I look back is that subconsciously I had created a story in my mind about who she was. Yes. And I had, and I had to make the story not a nice one because when you do, when you are confronted with the truth, I felt that it was my responsibility to, to protect myself. You know, and I know how I felt the first time I received the first letter. And I was, you know, so I created the story in my mind of what I thought she was. And she's going to be this and she's going to be this and she's going to be this, you know. Mm. And so I decided that was the message that I wanted. I wanted to be clear that 
I just wanted to stick to the facts and say, you know, I don't want to disrupt your life because I did, really didn't want to because I didn't know what her circumstances were. And a lot of the times these things are secrets to your family, you know. And I didn't certainly want my life disrupted because if she wasn't what I'd imagined or what I'd hoped to be, then I wanted to be able to protect my family as okay. well and the kids. Mm. To keep that wall. Yeah, to keep that wall. Yeah. And um, I showed my husband the message. I said, I think, I, think, I think this is the message. I think this is it. Uh, so you haven't sent it yet. And then, yeah, so my husband read it and he said, oh, babe, this cannot be the first message you send. And as he said that, I clicked send. <gasps> oh, <damn. laughs> Just for be, dramatic yeah. effect. Then I knew. When I knew it was because he would always he's always my voice of reason, yeah. you know. Uh -huh. And then I knew that had to be the message because that is me, yeah, you know. And <laughs> and I sent it, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I thought, oh, you know. Uh. <laughs> How long did you wait? Um, I think it was a week or two. Oof, three. what a wait! Yeah. Wait, now the anxiousness, now the heart palpitations because now I'm thinking. She is this idea that I had created, you know. For so many years. For so many years, you know. Oh, my goodness. And then I got the message back. And... Uh, and she was just like, hi, yes, you know. And she was just this nice person. When I just read the message, you know. And I was like, oh, she sounds so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't play into your scene. Which you know? doesn't play into my scene. And I was saying to my husband, oh, she's nice. <laughs> I've got to be nice. <laughs> she was like, so Gumbaya, my Lord, we are the world, little Buddha, you know. Oh. And um, we started messaging back and forth, back and forth. And I said, oh, can we take this offline and email? And um, we emailed each other and we just started, you know, getting to know each other. And I had all these questions and she was like, whatever you, you know, whatever questions you have, I would like to answer and, you know, things like that. And we started, you know, just staying in, in touch and communicating. And she was asking about my life and all these things. And I um, then arranged um, when we'd been communicating for a couple of months, I'd arranged to fly to South Africa to meet her when we felt comfortable enough. And at this time you're in Dubai? I'm in Dubai, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so strange because my entire life she's lived about an hour and a half away from me. An hour when I was living with my parents, an hour and a half, and then about 60 minutes when I was married, when I got married. Wow. And I had to fly eight hours to meet her. Mm. Oh. So... Um, called my mom you know and said like Mitt, whatever we're gonna have to meet her so we flew um, I flew to Johannesburg and uh, picked up my mom we booked into a hotel we decided to make it like a ladies weekend and things like that and we went and we met her together and it was really <laughs> even now I was always thinking I should have ha I should have captured you know that moment I should have recorded that moment but it was just I think even now the relationship is so private for me, you know, and I wanted that moment to be private. Um, and it was really such a beautiful moment, you know, 
it was something it was really like something out of the movies mm. so what was the location where were you so we time? yeah we went we met at a like a coffee shop a breakfast coffee shop and uh close to where she lives and um and my mom and i rocked up um and i remember my mom saying take flowers and I'm like, take flowers <laughs> <laughs> you know but i did <laughs> and um we um we just met and we just locked eyes and she just embraced me you know and i think for, i can't even tell you it was like time stood still we just stood there like embracing each other crying you know and my mom was standing there <laughs> all <laughs> emotional and then when we finally you know looked up and whatever we pulled my mom in and you know we were just all um, hugging and things like that and it was really such a nice moment and i introduced her to my mom and it was so easy it was so comfortable and we had coffee and we spoke and i remember her giving me um she took out um a little pouch um and she and in it was a gold pendant and it was so interesting because i think a couple of months or um to, uh, almost a year before that i changed my cover photo on facebook to a phoenix rising out of the ashes because it was just a symbolism of you know where i was in 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 my life and and when she handed me this pendant it had an it had some asian writing it was a gold pendant with asian writing on the front because she is taiwanese mm -hmm. and when i turned the pendant it had a phoenix on it mm. and it was like yeah mm. you know it was really yeah and no, it was really nice and then i met my mama and then i went from having one mother to having two moms three with my mother-in-law <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah both your moms kicked it off very well yeah. together yeah yeah did no. they become friends um no. they still because my they live now in two different cities Okay. But yeah, no, they got along really well. My mom is my birth mom. My my biological mom is so easygoing, and it hap it just so happens that my birth mom is as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the total opposite of them. They are just so chilled and easygoing, and you know, just like go with the flow, and you know, mm -hmm. happy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, met them. And then it was like, okay, right. We had breakfast now. We spoke. We met. What now? You know. And she said to me, "Oh, um, you know, do you have any plans and whatever?" And we said, "No. Well, our plan was just to meet you." You know. She was like, "Oh my goodness, I would really love if you'll spend the day with me. I'd like to take you to the temple because she's Taiwanese and she's Buddhist." Mm -hmm. We went uh, to this beautiful temple um, and spent the day there with her, and we had lunch, and then we went to her place and. It's so strange because we're sitting there and in walks this young guy um who she's obviously told me about um because she said oh you have a you have a younger brother who's 10 years younger than me because what happened is she's went on to get married after she had me um married a Taiwanese guy and they had a child he then since they then since divorced left he went back to Taiwan and she stayed in South Africa and he walked in and he was like Hi. Hi, hi we were greeting whatever and we were sitting on the couch and he looks over to me and he goes sorry i'm a bit confused who are you <laughs> and i go um i look at <laughs> my biological mother and she starts speaking mandarin to him you know and they and they and they and they speaking and i'm watching and i'm looking and i'm looking and i'm like what's happening here and he turns to me and he goes oh oh okay 
You're my sister? And Whoa. she had not told him this entire time Whoa. since I'd made contact with so her. She, like when you guys met, she was like, oh shit, gotta tell him real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was like, okay, okay. But our relationship is so, you know, so so good. It was just so natural. There was wow. no expectation. And I, and I remember saying to me, please forgive me, please forgive me. And I said to her, there's nothing to forgive. Here mm. I am, mm. married, have children. I had a really nice, you know, childhood. Um, I'm fine, you know. There's nothing to forgive. You ne- you need to forgive yourself, you know. I keep imagining like the guy walking, like imagine just walking <laughs> into a room and like, oh, but there's this other sibling that you have that yeah. you don't know about. Like, and I w- and I went from being the youngest, the baby, to being a middle child. Because my brother is older than me and then he's 10 mm. years younger than me. What's your older brother's thoughts about your journey meeting your biological oh, very mother? Oh, diff- very different because he met his, he knows his family. So, and that's why this whole thing came about us finding out that we were adopted because his family was looking for him, mm. you know, because he had turned 21. So I think his sister and brother had found him. And so he knows his um his biological family and i've met his sister as well oh sorry okay i understood it wrong i thought you were biological brothers no 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 um and um, it was because he had turned 21 and his family was now looking for him that um, my fam my uh, mom them decided you know they needed to tell us in actual fact that you know we were both adopted Mm. um so his i think his experience was very different you know, and so he was always kind of reluctant because he doesn't really have a relationship with his his family. And I think that's really by choice for him, mm. you know. And so my experience was different. But it's always because I think I had no expectation, really. You know, even now I have no expectation of my mom, of my brother, of the extended family, which I managed to meet, you know, all her sisters. She's the youngest of five. Mm. And, you know, when she, she, you know, she told me that, you know, um, she's the youngest of five, you know, from an Asian family and they were only, you know, um, girls. And um, she'd met, you know, they'd moved from Taiwan to Lesotho, which is in near South Africa. Um, they moved um, in 74, you know, and she was young in a new country. And then she met someone and, you know, they mm-hmm. had relations and then she fell pregnant. But this guy was married, oh. you know, and it was in 1970, because I was born in 78, mm-hmm. you know, it was a different time back then and it was different cultures you know yeah. mm-hmm. and so her family had sent her to, to Johannesburg I think to family friends to Johannesburg to um, have this baby and she said always in her mind she never it was never in her mind that she was not going to raise me and so when she gave birth to me her older sister came to fetch her from the hospital and in actual fact she said oh yeah I'm, we, the baby and I are ready you know to to go and her sis, her older sister said to her the baby's not coming and she said definitely she left a part of herself that day and she lost a part of herself you know that day so obviously then you know she had to you know 
do the right thing, get married to you know a Taiwanese guy, and she did all of the things that her family had told her she needed to do. Being the youngest, and obviously you know you have to obey your elders and all these things. So I was so sad for her. Do you know what I mean? It was my story. It was my story, but it was like I was so sad for her because mm. I couldn't imagine, you know, right. not having for sure. That's As a same. mother, yeah, you can definitely like absolutely. Empathize, I could, I could, yeah, I could. That. You know, and there was this compassion and the sadness that that went out and and things like that. And I remember returning back um, to Dubai, and um, my brother messaged me, and he said to me, you know, a couple of weeks later, and he said to me, "Oh my goodness, I am so glad you've come into our life." You know. Um, because they were having a really strained relationship, but he said it was—it's just changed everything for them. You know, it's like he's, she's whole again. You know, mm. and um, and it made sense to me because she explained that she just felt like there was a part of her that was just out there missing. So mm, it was really sad. <laughs> it was it's so a nice sad. story, yeah. though. It's nice. Like, yeah. Do you feel like after you met her and everything? Did you feel like? Everything kind of went full circle, or do you, do you still have more questions, or how did you feel about it? Um, I don't have any more questions. It is what it is, really. You know, um, it's just added some clarity, I suppose. It's just kind of filled that part of the story that was just so unknown to me, and I was able, you know, to share that with the boys, you know. And it was really so strange because. I just sat them down. I said, "Right, I have something to tell you, you know." And mm. I said, "You know, whatever happens, whatever I tell you now doesn't change anything. Granny's still your granny, and you know, I'm like, I'm like, they like you freaking us out. Can you just, <laughs> can you just put it out, you know?" And I just said, "Okay, so you know, like I was adopted." <laughs> I just sat there. What? I said, "Yeah, I was adopted, and I was been on this journey, you know, trying to find my biological mother because I wanted to share this part of my life with you, but I didn't have any." you know, answers and myself. So I said, uh, my, you know, so I said, so my mom is Taiwanese and I'm assuming my father is not <laughs> African, you yeah. know, <laughs> and, and we had this long chat and I said, do you have any questions? And I was like, and they were like, no, you know, you've told us everything. And my youngest one, I just remember him sitting there and I was like, Ethan, you have anything to say? And he was like, I'm part Taiwanese. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, no, it is. It was really nice to go on this journey. And then once we kind of met, um, that was the June. I went to meet her with my mom. And then I think the September, my family and I went back and she met the boys and and my husband. Mm. Your mom and dad, what led them to uh, decide to adopt and then to adopt you. Yeah. yeah. What's their story? Yeah. yeah. So my mom and dad, I think, couldn't have children. And from my understanding, the um, the issue was on my father's side. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, they adopted my brother. I'm not quite sure how. So strange. Oh, my goodness. I better call my mother tomorrow and find out that part of the story. <laughs> I never really. I'm only focused on, like, on my own story. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, whatever. Oh, oh by brother. the way, how did that happen? She may have told me, but I'm like, so only about me um but i remember my mom telling me that uh, my aunt and uncle were also struggling um to have kids 
and they'd been checked and there was nothing wrong, but she just, you know, couldn't fall pregnant. So they suggested that um, they go to the children's home and they went with my aunt and they were, you know, there to look at, you know, to kind of find out about the adoption um, procedure for my aunt. And my mom's best friend was actually with my mom and she went off into the children's home and then she actually saw me. And um, I think if the story is correct, at the time, the home was actually closing down and they had an issue of placing me because I was mixed race in a time where we were in, in, in during the apartheid in South Africa. Whoa. And they didn't know where to place me because I wasn't one or the other, you know. And my, mo- and my mom's best friend was like, oh, you have to take the baby. And my mom was like, we're not here for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm paraphrasing now. <laughs> we're not here for me, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, that's how it came about. Pick me, pick me. I must have been sitting there going, pick me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I so I have my mom's best friend to thank. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I remember my mom saying when I when she when um I came home because my dad used to be on a, uh he used to work on the uh for the railway, so he used to work on the trains. He was an inspector. So he'd like travel and come home. And then when my dad had come back, I'd arrived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom said my dad walked in and just that was it. He was in love, you know. Mm. So um, the the social workers would do the inspections, you know, as and when, whatever, uh, on a regular basis. Obviously, with the option, you know, for adoption, and um, and uh, when the adoption finally went through, and they got the papers, my dad tore up the papers. That's why it was this mission because, you know, I was like, do you have any documents, you know, about uh, the adoption? Tore them up in the heat of the moment. It tore them up <laughs> and, you know, Passion. yeah, just tore them up, you know, and said, no one's going to tell me these are not my children. These are my children. And then one week later, they're like, do you have the adoption? <laughs> yeah, he was really, oh my goodness. So I'm, I'm always so grateful, you know, because their journey you know, kind of led led them, you know, our, our journeys together kind of brought us together, you know, our separate mm-hmm. stories brought us together. And um, for whatever has happened my entire life, um, yeah, I will forever be grateful for them. Zandi's story is so beautifully personal. We want to thank her for coming on the show and sharing it with us and all our listeners. And a big shout out to our fellow podcasters, True Story Tent, who helped us find Zandi and her wonderful story. As always, thank you for listening. Rate us, follow us, and give us all your money on Patreon. Thank you and take care.